Hello, everyone. This is Travis J. Vernon, and welcome to today's podcast. So over this last week, I've been thinking a lot about hobbies, because I tend to have too many. It has caused difficulties in relationships. It has caused a great expense over the course of my lifetime. And while I'm passionate about many things, I am very cyclical in my hobbies. All the hunting seasons are pretty much done now. The fishing is still mostly on the hard water. Ice fishing. There's some good river fishing that's starting to pick up. But I start to think about summer and camping. Getting into the mountains and warmer weather this time of year. For reference, it's the last day of February in Wyoming. So about this time of year, I really start to look at tying flies and getting my boxes filled for the upcoming summer season. And fly tying started out as a hobby, then became almost a job, then became not so enjoyable. But for as long as I've fly fished and tied flies, I've kind of come full circle now, and I'm back to where I really just enjoy sitting at the bench and tying flies and filling boxes. But I can't do it all the time. I get too many other things on my, on my mind, too many other projects that I need to get accomplished. It's probably been one of the better things with COVID. I don't even want to do a lot of things. So I've been spending a lot of time getting all the honeydews knocked out. But I got a stack of them right now. I need to finish putting in rock on the upstairs fireplace. Then I need to get river rock and stone in the downstairs fireplace. Nancy's already purchased the hardwood to replace the carpet in the living room and hallway upstairs and down the stairs. And she already purchased the slate for me to tile the basement. So I've got all those projects on top of my hobbies. On the hobby side of things, I need to get my fly boxes filled. I've got an entire tote of 24 duck decoys that need to get finished, weighted, put the keels on so that they self-write, get those painted. I've got five or six knives in different stages of being finished. Now, for the most part with knives, I either buy the blades or I buy the blanks and I make the blade. I haven't gotten to the point of forging my own blades, which I would like to do. But I know that that's just one of those things that once I start, it's just going to be another cyclical hobby. I think that'd be a great wintertime hobby. Standing by a fire all winter. Sounds like a good thing to me. Plus, I just like creating things. We've already painted the entire upstairs, taken down all the painted wood, run it through the planer, sanded it, stained it, and put it back up, because I don't really like painted wood. Wood is beautiful in its own right. So I've got a mantelpiece from a knotty pine log that I need to cut into shape, get that finished and installed so I can finish the fireplace. And then we need to make a rail on top of the stairs. I've already done both the knotty pine handrails. 
my calendar's already filling up for this summer. I'm trying to throw in a couple of little trips in there. Maybe I can get overseas and visit Ireland and Scotland for the first time this year. We had to cancel our trip last year. I've already got a trip planned to go to Wisconsin to chase turkeys. And another trip to go to Minnesota to go canoe the Boundary Waters. So I'm pretty busy, but I still love my hobbies. I like carving decoys. I like making knives. I like tying flies. I love to paint. Just started to oil paint a little bit. Both of my grandparents on my mother's side were avid painters. A lot of fond memories of painting with them. Then one of my hobbies is this podcast. I like making videos. Started doing a lot more on those lines. I enjoy bushcrafting. Trapping for me has become more of a hobby than it is a source of any sort of income. Fur prices anymore are down to the point that you can't even pay for your time or your gas. But I still have a lot of people that know that I'm pretty good at it. So they'll have me come take care of problem animals. Typically beavers and muskrats that are damming up culverts or digging up ditches. But the hobby I wanted to talk about today is carving decoys. Now these are duck decoys that I'm talking about. I had spent some time hunting with Jason when I was a younger kid. For the most part I just jump shot ducks. Sneak up on the river, jump up, shoot a duck, hope it lands in a spot that makes it easy to get to. Filled my boots many a day wading out into a cold river to pick up a duck to head back to the house. That's always been fun to me because it also has feathers, which I can tie flies and catch trout. But I remember the first time Jason took me out and said, you've got to hunt over decoys. You've got to see what it's like to hunt over decoys and have a dog and you know, duck hunting the way it's meant to be, where you're calling the ducks in. I'm just a young kid. At this point, I'm probably 22. Go out with him on my first duck hunt. So there I am sitting in the blind, watching the the dogs work, the ducks work, decoys bobbing, and I realize how much fun this is. So I start asking questions about decoys. Because I can't do anything halfway. Pretty much just jump in foot first. So I'm talking to him about the decoys, and at the time his favorite decoys were these decoys made by a company called G&H. So pretty soon I get a dog. He was a mutt from the pound, my pup Chester. But loved to retrieve, was a great dog. We had some issues from time to time. Because I believe he was lab, short hair, and healer mixed. So he liked to retrieve, but from time to time he would point. It was just bizarre. But such a good pup. I miss that dog. He was a really good pup. So I get home and I start researching decoys. And I find a lot of websites that are talking about cork decoys that cork is the quintessential duck decoy for gunning over i start researching that and pretty much buying a gigantic four inch thick three foot by four foot piece of cork was not inexpensive i'm studying at the university of utah i don't have a lot of money starving college student Trying to make ends meet with retail jobs in the off-season. Guiding all summer long. Studying on the side. 
And I find a gentleman by the name of John Cottenham who sells kits for carving these decoys. I don't have a ton of tools at this point, but I was able to get a rotary rasp for my air compressor and just a small air compressor, like a two gallon little one. And I buy this kit and I make my very first decoy through a lot of trial and error, a lot of pain and heartache. And I make a Drake GoldenEye decoy because the GoldenEye was the very first duck to decoy into my decoy spread when I was hunting by myself. The Chester retrieved. So I think that's going to be the decoy for me. So I carve it up. It looks terrible. It's basically a square with a smaller square on top of it. Painted to look reminiscent of a golden eye. But I liked that decoy, and it was kind of a fun one. And I would put it out with my other plastic decoys. And one day I was hunting on a big lake in northern Utah. And I don't know if I just didn't have a heavy enough weight or if the wind and the waves picked up too much. But that decoy ended up blowing out into the lake and I couldn't get it back. So the very first decoy I ever made was this cork and wood golden eye that floated out into Strawberry Reservoir in Utah. So if anybody found that decoy and wants to get it back to me, that would be fantastic. I would be very thankful. And I would trade you out for a newer decoy that I make that are significantly better than that bird. Well, once I got that bird done... I realized if I wanted to continue this hobby, I really needed more stuff. Which is, that's the key to hobbies. Stuff. When you go to a store, and I don't care if you sew or scrapbook or carve or tie flies or paint. Whatever your hobby is. When you go to the store that is the source of your materials. You buy those materials based off of your... Future plans, anticipations, excitements, things that you want to create, not necessarily things that you're going to create. And that's what I started doing with decoys. I started buying glass eyes for the ducks that I wanted to carve in the future. I had a giant collection of taxidermy grade glass eyes for these decoys. I started going down to hardwood places and finding the perfect super light basswood for carving the heads. I started ordering cork. I ended up buying a really nice bandsaw. I ended up buying some rotary tools that were electric. So over the course of the next two to three years, I pretty much kitted up my woodworking to where I've been able to carve decoys, make chests and boxes, picture frames. I make a lot of things now. And I'm always fine-tuning my woodworking stuff, and I love working in wood. It's just... Every piece is unique. I love finding burls in nature. I love being able to get my tree permits for the mountains where I live now. We can go cut our own wood. I always tend to bring home stuff that I probably don't need. But again, when you go to those places that have the materials for your hobbies, it's not always about needs. It's about possible future plans. So I make a few more decoys. And I realize I still kind of suck. Well, I found this forum called the Decoy Carving Forum. And I asked a couple questions on it. And there were some guys. Tom Christie, Tom Matus, Pat Godden. 
who all answered my questions. And I thought, man, this is pretty cool. These guys seem to really know what they're doing. Well, I looked them up, and these guys are all world champion decoy carvers. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm getting my direct instruction from guys that are amazing carvers. I don't ever expect to be to their level. I guess if I just focused on one hobby, I might be able to get to compete at a national world level, but that's never been my desire. There's too many things to do and experience and explore. I just can't focus on one. It's a struggle for me. So these guys start helping me out quite a bit. And Tom Matus sees on my Facebook profile that I'm a fishing guide. So he emails me and says, Hey, I've always wanted to become a better fly fisherman. Would you be up for some trading? I'm like, sure. What do you have in mind? He said, why don't you come up and stay at my place in Boise, Idaho? I'll take you to some of the local rivers around here and we'll fish. You help me with my fly fishing and I'll help you with your carving. And he called it his boot camp. We would wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, go directly to Krispy Kreme Donuts, because that was the heyday of Krispy Kreme. We would then carve and paint decoys until about 2 or 3 in the afternoon. At which point, we would load up all of our fly fishing stuff and head out to the river. We'd fish till dark, then head back to his place, continue to carve, tell stories and paint, till the early hours of the morning, grab a few hours of sleep and get up and do it again. I gotta admit that four-hour drive home was brutal. I had to pull over a couple times for naps. I had not had much sleep in the last four days. But I came home with information that I could never have gleaned without that personal teaching and coaching. And I hope that Tom became a better fly fisherman. I think he did. He also has a soft place for golden ice. Man, he makes some amazing decoys. The first time he handed me one of his decoys, it was a green wing teal, hollow basswood. thing was so light, I, I was shaking. I was afraid I was going to damage it. Holding art in your hands like that is just not something you can explain. And not everybody likes duck decoys. I get it. Some people just think they're a tool. But tools can be art. And art can be tools. And hunting over a spread of decoys that you've made. And watching the dogs work. And seeing the ducks come in. And tricking ducks with something that you have created yourself. It's pretty special. Takes it to a whole different level. I took a pretty big hiatus from woodworking and carving. Well, after college and I started traveling a lot more with work. Moved across the country. Pretty much every time I get settled someplace, I would get my wood shop up to where it needed to be. And then I would either get transferred or divorced or move or something else. But the last five years I've been... Kind of back in the game, getting my wood shop all back together. and I've got a few birds that I want to get finished up. I got to the point where I'd sell a couple here or there, just give them away to friends. But it was fun for me to sell them just to make enough money to buy some more supplies to make more birds. 
And that, to me, was exciting. One of the other people that I was able to meet on that trip for boot camp with Tom was his friend Gary Hendrickson. Gary and I have been great friends ever since. Well, we try and do at least one good fishing trip a year together. And then he has transitioned into an exceptional fish garver. He makes these beautiful art pieces where even the stones and the sticks are carved from wood to look like they're from the bottom of the stream. Just fantastic. I have two of his artworks, one on my wall in my kitchen and one on the wall in my fly tying area. Just love them. And he's always trying to get me. He's like, you, you catch so many fish. You have so much material around you to look at, to make sure that your carvings are correct, to paint. You have all of this data and information. Why are you carving ducks and not fish? I don't know. I guess that's a good point. Maybe I should carve some fish. I have one that I started. I just need to get it finished. Because carving is just fun. Watching the wood become what you've envisioned. It's pretty spectacular. And then getting paint on it and seeing it come alive. It's, it's really, really fun. I need to figure out how to sit down and do a hobby and shut my brain off so I'm not thinking about the next hobby I should be doing or the next thing I should be doing and just be able to focus and live a little bit more in the moment. But I can't always do that. Because I got some floors to install, some fireplaces to finish, some carpet to tear out, a mantle to build, a greenhouse to prepare for spring. But you have to make time for the things that are most important to you. And my hobbies are pretty damn important to me. So I think I'll wrap it up with that. Go finish a knife I've been working on that I want to use in my kitchen. Maybe start throwing some paint on those decoys I need to do. That sounds like a good plan for today. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and get out there and live your stories.